standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And I got to tell you, <laughs> tough love is tough sometimes when your own wife tells you, you know, I listen to all your podcasts and, you know, I enjoy them, but boy, your book reviews, they're a snooze fest. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess I probably ought to listen to my own wife. So, uh, until I figure out what I'm going to do in lieu of that, I thought I'd have fun with some movies and uh, kind of talk about the movies and lessons to be learned from the movies. So, the first one I want to bring up is from 1988. But before I get there, before we get started, let me just remind you. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the algorithm this last week. Oh, boy. But. I need for you to subscribe, follow, like, and share the show. I'm on Podbean. I don't know how much longer I'm going to stay here because they don't look to be doing what I need them to be doing. But be that as it may, let me just say, I think we're making a difference. I think we're making an impact and people are listening. And the only way we can continue to grow, continue to build our show is by your help. And I am still looking for the subscribers. That's right. You can subscribe through the podcast directly. And uh, it's helpful. It's very helpful. My goal was to hit 200. And after the last week of whatever nonsense has been going on with the algorithms, I'm nowhere near it. But hey, you know what? No big deal. A year ago, I was nowhere at 65,000 uh, listens. Way past that now. So we're going to keep on rolling. Okay. The movie, They Live, <laughs> it, it takes place in current times, right? Uh, of course, back in 1988, it's a little bit different. And what's funnier still is it comes from a small or a short story, if you will, that was written back in the 60s called 8 O'Clock in the Morning. And, and just because I will be obligated to do this, the guy that wrote this story was Ray Nelson, 8 O'Clock in the Morning, and John Carpenter did the science fiction or adaptation, if you will, right? And he written, it was written and directed by John Carpenter. And say what you want about John Carpenter. This movie is a ton of fun, okay? So the whole premise is that this drifter, this guy, played by Rowdy Roddy Piper, which, if I got to tell you, <laughs> was a wrestler. And this might be the most important thing he ever did in his life was make this movie. Because the movie's just great. And, and not like awesome cinematic experience great. Not in like he's the best actor in the world great. It's just one of those movies where you can sit and enjoy. Chow down your popcorn and enjoy it. And, or like Rowdy says in the movie, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick butt. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just so much fun. And, and he runs across these special sunglasses and discovers that the ruling class are aliens concealing their appearance and manipulating people to consume, breed, and conform to the status quo via subliminal messages in mass media. Oh my God. Now, I, I know this is on Wikipedia. I'm reading it directly from Wikipedia, and I'm sure it's been you know altered and tweaked since 1988 when it came out. But if that isn't a apt discussion or description or understanding of what's going on right here and right now, 
I don't know what is. And again, I I have to have fun with this because there's nothing else I can do uh, but have fun with this. So now it says that John Carpenter said that some of the themes or the the themes in They Live come from his dissatisfaction with the economic policies of Ronald Reagan. And uh, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. And then I guess in 2017, there were some, some, some quote unquote neo-Nazi interpretations of the film's themes. And then John Carpenter felt obligated to come out and say, this is about yuppies and unrestrained capitalism and has nothing to do with Jewish control of the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, I, I'm not even going to go there. It, but it acknowledges it was a minor success upon relief. It was debuted at number one in the box office in America. And of course the critics hated it, (laughs) but it gained a cult following and experienced significantly more favorable critical reception after that. And it's regarded by many as an underrated work and it's entered the pop culture lexicon, having a lasting effect on street art. Okay, whatever. And I will tell you, and it references this here, it's got a six-minute battle royale between two dudes in the alley. <laughs> and it says it makes the appearance on the all-time lists for best fight scenes. So, now that you know what's going on here, it kind of starts out, this guy's a drifter, borderline bum, whatever you want to call him, and he's out looking for work, and he stumbles across... these glasses. Now in the plot, I want to say it was a preacher, not hundred percent sure that he was cautioning people that they, right? The scare quotes, they have required, they've recruited the rich and the powerful to do what they would do. their bidding, I guess would be the best way to put it. Right. They, they, they seek to control us, humanity, Again, I mean, if you can't, if you can't see this firsthand, (laughs) I I don't know what to tell you. So the idea that uh, there's a powerful organization running things from behind the scenes to make us do things that we wouldn't otherwise do has been around for millennia. And yes, I know the neo-Nazis want to blame the Jews for everything. And I know that anytime you say, well, you know, there's this banking elite or these these people that show up and immediately gets lumped in with the whole Jewish rule of the world thing. I think that's more happenstance than anything else that some of them might have Jewish roots, whatever, whatever. But it's very easy to disregard what should be somewhat obvious that there is an elite that think they rule the world. There is a group of people that seek to manipulate us and do what their bidding is. I mean, you look no further than the nightly news and you see the same people come up over and over and over again. I mean, the right's biggest boogeyman right now is George Soros. The leftist boogeyman is Elon Musk. But they all show up at Davos. They all go to the World Economic Forum stuff. And we're just supposed to ignore this. Nothing to see here, good citizen. Go about your business. 
The challenge comes when you're willing to put aside your minor differences, right? And actually acknowledge there's a problem. I mean, there are people on the left, there's people on the right that we see a problem. Now, our solutions might vary. Our solutions probably are going to be in conflict, but we acknowledge what the problem is. Now, John Carpenter in this movie thinks it's that the uh, the people there um, are caught up in consumerism, right? It's a critique of consumerism. Okay, there's something to be said for that. But if you look at the larger picture, and surely he must be aware of this. I mean... <laughs> I don't believe for one minute John Carpenter isn't aware of what's going on in the world. I think he's just afraid of it. And I guess probably ought to be rightly so. I mean, you cross the wrong person, you just disappear. So, in the movie, the guy that's kind of nicknamed Nada, I mean, he doesn't exist or nobody, he... uh, finds over or he finds that if he follows this guy Gilbert that he met and the preacher that I mentioned before, again, I've gone back to Wikipedia to make sure I get these details right. And they, he finds out that they're taking over broadcast signal with the help of this hacker guy. And they're letting people know that all is not what it seems. And coincidentally enough, the shanty town and the church are both destroyed by a police raid the same night. And the hacker and the preacher are beaten by the riot police. So Nada, Roddy Roddy Piper's character, finds the box behind the church and finds the sunglasses in it and puts the rest in a trash can hide them. But then he notices that when he wears the sunglasses, he sees the world for what it is. It turns it monochrome, black and white. He can see what's going on. And then he begins to really have an awakening. He's awake. So, the the irony is, he lets on that he knows what's going on. And he almost gets caught because of it. And... All this different thing transpires. And if I remember correctly, the show only takes place over a few days. And so Gilbert and... uh, Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Okay, my apologies. It's a different guy by the name of Frank. I'm sorry. So in any case, he gets the sunglasses. He goes to find his friend. He wants to give the the, uh, sunglasses to him. And... All this stuff goes on, and then they find that you can do it with uh, contact lenses and all this. So there's a whole lot of backstory here, which doesn't matter for the purposes of this discussion. The discussion is, is once they figure out what's going on, they want to let everybody else know what's going on so that they can be uh, aware, so that they can fight back, so that they can make a difference. And... um. So the characters, they run, they run into this Gilbert guy again, and they go to uh, a meeting, an anti-alien movement meeting, and they learn that the aliens are using global warming to make the Earth more like their own planet and depleting the Earth's resources for their own gain. (laughs) 
Oh, and it gets better. <laughs> the aliens have been bribing humans to become collaborators and promoting them to positions of power. <laughs> oh, man. Where have we seen this before? I mean, and again, I don't, I don't want to... This is the whole theory that these things don't happen in a vacuum. And then they find out that the uh, the aliens and the human collaborators are working together and that they're eliminating the terrorists, which, of course, our main character has now become. And <laughs> so uh, after all this is said and done, They uh, they successfully uh, take out the transition or the transmission power, I should say, power station, right? The, the, where the signal's going out. And when they do that, they can, all the rest of the humans, all the rest of the people can see exactly what's going on because they're free from their blinders being on their face. And <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you the end. I mean... You can go anywhere in and tell you what the end is, but so yes, they're dead, <laughs> but they're successful. They, they meet their objective, right? The objective is, is to free the population, to let them see that they're being manipulated, that they're being used, that they're quite frankly being taken advantage of. So they're ultimately successful in that. And it's not pretty and it's not a fun way to get there. And I would highly encourage you, the movie's only about an hour and a half long, and it's quite enjoyable. I mean, I haven't seen it in years, and I remember the gist of it, and I remember how much I enjoyed it. In fact, now that I think about it, I'm going to probably make a point of finding it and watching it over the next couple of weeks here. But between my reading schedule and all the other jazz I got to do, I'm not sure where I'm going to fit the movie in. But let me tell you, because my wife doesn't like the movie. (laughs) But let me just tell you, it's worth your time. And go into it with an open mind. Yes, it is not a great cinematic experience, right? There's, you know, it's it's not Legends of the Fall or anything. And, and no, no, you don't have, you know, these Class A actors that are oh so awesome. And whether you go more with the Al Pacino kind of actor or the Tom Cruise kind of actor, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper does not rise to that level. But Rowdy Roddy Piper does play an awesome everyman, as does the other people involved in this. And it just shows you how they figure out what's going on and they're appalled and they want to fight back and they, and they figure out their way to fight back in their own little way and they're successful, but it comes at a giant cost. And really to me, that's the most interesting thing, right? Because nobody wants to admit that we're being manipulated. Nobody wants to admit that we're being basically sold a false bill of goods all the time because then you get lumped in as a conspiracy theorist. Then you get lumped in as being a bad person or worse yet, you're anti-Semitic. Okay, whatever. But the reality is there are people in this world that want to, for lack of a better word, enslave you. They want to subjugate the entire human population to their whims and their fantasies. And some of them are quite open about it. But if you call them out, oh, you're crazy. Oh, they're not going to be able to do that. Oh, you hate them. Oh, oh, you're anti-Semitic. Whatever the excuse is, and there's legions of excuses, the fact of the matter, it's here, it's happening. And it's really never stopped because, I mean, you can see it play out 
over and over again in history. Small group of people, they take care, take over a government or they take over a nation and they impose their will and the people get tired of it and either the nation collapses or they're successfully booting them out or something else happens. Or there's just a nice war, which of course then subjugates the people, which makes them weaker, which makes them easier to manipulate, and over and over and over again. And where are we now? See, I always talk about the idea that you can have your biggest impact locally. You can find your most important change out your back door, whether it's that municipal, local election, city council, school board, or whether it's the county level, you know, county commissioner, sheriff, county judge, that kind of thing, or even the the judicial bench that's elected at the local level, the county level, right? All those things matter. They're highly significant on your day-to-day life. But if you're not at least somewhat aware, mildly intrigued by what's going on, whether it's at the state capitol or the federal capitol, you're going to get hit sideways. Now, you can't fret about it because there's very little we can do about what's going on in Austin other than hold our people accountable. There's almost nothing we can do about what goes on in D.C. And then you have to deal with these hmm, super elites that think they ought to dictate everything to everybody in the whole wide world. But you got to be aware of it. You got to know it's there. If you're not fighting back at the local level, you can't put up an effective level of resistance at, at the state. I mean, the state is ineffective. It doesn't have proper support out of the local levels. Now, granted our state leader, has shown himself to be a rather weak individual. And then he likes to follow wherever the wind may blow him. But by and large, I think, and I want to believe, he's a good Texan at heart. I want to believe the best about him. I want to believe that he has what's best for Texas, or at least Texans, in mind. I could be wrong. There's evidence to suggest maybe I am wrong. But my default answer is always, well, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt until they remove all doubt that they're really a bad person, which hasn't happened yet. So if that stuff's going on and you're watching your own national federal government go along with these and start implementing these policies with little or no influence or impact from the people that actually live here and are going to suffer under it, one ought to be just a little bit suspicious about how that happens. Now, you're going to say it's about money or it's about control, and that's all true. But does that mean that they've bought off all of our people? That that there's plenty of good Americans that are actually collaborators, people that want to ruin this country, that want to ruin the great state of Texas? I'm going to suggest to you, yes. Yes, it's, it's quite common for this to happen. Whether they were the Quislings during World War II, right? Or the Vichys in World War II. I'm sure there were... Plenty of people in like, I don't know, Thailand, Singapore, the Philippines, that they signed up to side with the Japanese because, well, they're in charge and we're going to carry out their orders. I mean, even in Poland, Poland, for God's sake, that had been literally abused for centuries by both the Russians and the Germans. There were people there that signed up to do the Germans bidding. And then, of course, when the Germans got kicked out, they signed up to do the Russians bidding. Why? Because it was going to make it slightly better for their family, but destroy their entire community and wipe out a good section of their population. Hey, but that's okay. My family got to eat tonight. And I get it. And if I'm in that position, I'm not 100% certain what would happen. 
I'd like to tell you I'd stand on the principle. I'd like to tell you that I would realize the best way to protect my family is to protect my community. But I can't promise you. I can't say 100%. I'd go with 99%. Sure. I'm comfortable with that. And anybody would tell you otherwise, unless they've already done it, they're bluffing. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you don't know until you're there. You don't know what you're going to do until the pressure's on. So when you look at what's playing out in this movie, they live, right? So there are aliens. They've cut a deal with the elite that are collaborating with them to basically harvest the earth of all of its value and resources, whereby they're manipulating the climate of earth to make it more conducive for them to live there comfortably, making it potentially worse for the people that already live there. And nobody's the wiser. It just happened right in front of their faces because they believe what they're shown. They believe what they're told. They don't question anything. That's my takeaway. If you're not questioning things, if you're not considerate of the idea that what you're being told or what you're being shown might not be the truth. You're not critically thinking and you're letting yourself open a suggestion. And how does that end? Well, it really doesn't. We watch this play out every day to a lesser scale, but it directly is applicable to our everyday lives. Whether it's the show that gets put on, on, local school boards or local city council meetings or city events, right? Everything's well here. Everything's great. You shouldn't question us about anything. We know what we're doing. We're the experts. Trust the experts. Trust the science. If you haven't learned in the last three years that these people literally make stuff up on the fly and they really don't know what the truth is anymore, I can't help you. But just accept the possibility that what you're being shown and what you're being told isn't the truth, or at the very least, it's not the whole truth, that ought to cause you to be a little bit more aware of your surroundings, a little bit more concerned about what's going on. It ought to cause you to take a moment to consider what it is you're seeing. And if it doesn't, again, I can't help you. And I've always said, you get into the situation where you look like you hate a person, right? And I try my level best to never make it personal, never make it based on emotion. This is what's best, or this is the best option, or this is what the outcome is going to be. And when somebody puts those glasses on your face and you can see what's going on in the world around you and you have clear eyes in a clear mind for the first time in perhaps decades, and you see the outright lies, the fabrications of things, the the abuse of the truth, the manipulation of people and yourselves, you have to come to the conclusion that there's got to be a reason for it. And it's almost always about control. Almost always. I tell my wife that. It's almost to where she knows, she just tell me, yeah, yeah, I know it's about control. But that's what it comes down to. It's about the money, but it's about control. With control, you get money. With money, you get control. The two-piece same pod, one hand holds the other hand. It doesn't matter how you look at it. It's better to have both, but you can't have one without the other. Right? 
So just think about it. You go watch this movie. You invest 93 minutes of your time or whatever it is. And you watch the movie. You enjoy it for what it is. It's kind of a popcorn cheese movie from the 80s. And it's fun. And it's kind of sobering. and But it's going to teach you a lesson. That you need to maybe look past what you see in front of you. Maybe don't take people's word for what you're seeing. Maybe you ought to do a little investigation on your own. Maybe you ought to be willing to acknowledge that you're being lied to or you're being deceived or you're being tricked. However you want to look at it, things are not as they appear. But you have to be willing to take that step of faith that something about the world around you is not on the up and up. Well, now that I've beat this through your head, now that I've given you this movie to watch as your homework, if you will, and I've told you how much fun it is, let's get to the brass tacks of the situation. Let's let's get to the application of this, right? We're 20 minutes in plus. We need to know, okay, Callus, you've told us about this movie. You said go watch it. Now, why? What's the point? Hmm. The guys make a decision to take out a TV station, essentially, that puts out the signal that jams everybody's mind, fogs people out so that they can't see what's going on in the world around them. They win, but they also lose. They're willing to make a sacrifice because they think it's worth it. What I'm suggesting to you is once you establish what the truth is, once you see what things are going on that you don't didn't previously know about or that the average public doesn't know about, you have to decide what's it worth to you to tell the truth? What's the value in knowing what's actually happening here? Are you willing to pay a price? Liberty doesn't come for free. And as our liberty gets withered away, chipped away, eaten up, by lack of a better term, our enemies, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to fight back? What is the moral and ethical way to deal with this? Well, first and foremost, know the truth. Secondarily, speak, share the truth. Let others know. Now, I'm going to warn you right now. Some of you are going to get upset. Some of you you are going to want to take action. God forbid you take direct or kinetic energy or kinetic action. You're going to lose. The odds are against you. They're against us all. But that doesn't mean it's game over. It doesn't mean it's the end. It doesn't mean there's nothing that can be done. It just means you have to be careful. You have to give it a little thought. You have to be willing to take the risk. Now, I've told you time and time again, you should not trust any one thing that I tell you without first double-checking me, right? You call it the Bortz Principle. Yes, you've heard it, but I'm not going to act on it until I've confirmed it. Then I want you to take some time. I want you to get educated on the issues. I want you to know what's right and what's wrong. I want you to be able to look at things from a different point of view and have a better understanding. Now, if you want to understand how this government was set up and why it was set up that way, look, I got two people you can go look into. Brian McClanahan, he's got his own show. It's all over the place. Or Chris Ann Hall, she's got her own show. And she's going to be coming, by the way, in March to McKinney, Texas to talk about things. But 
Those are two really good options. Now, if you are really going to get down with the liberty mindset and you really want to understand how these things work and some of the underlying things, then, then you go check out Tom Woods. I mean, they, two of these people have PhDs in their subjects and speak on a variety of issues. And unlike some PhDs, they don't hit you over the forehead with their degrees and they don't make you feel small. They talk to you at a level that you should be able to understand. You should be, they will communicate well what the principles are and how this works and why it was designed this way. And oh, by the way, Chris Ann Hall, she does have her Juris Doctorate. She knows her stuff. Oh, and before that, she, I guess she was a chemical engineer or something. So she knows her stuff too, but her focus is primarily how does this work within the Constitution and the law as it is now? And then comparatively, how should it have been done? What does the founding fathers, what do the founding documents say about this? How does this work together? How should we approach this? What is the correct way? Now, don't rem- or don't forget just because something's supposed to be some way doesn't mean that it's going to be that way because they have a very good track record of manipulating events to get the outcomes that they desire. That is those in power. But if you know what the truth is and you know what the starting point is, that gives you a footing, a strong foundation of which to work off of, which to build on. And then if you live in my area and you want to be involved, you can check in with me. I'm going to tell you about the things that I know are going on. I'm going to talk about opportunities coming up and I'm going to give you brief recaps on different events that happen around just from time to time over the course of my show. And yes, I am still working on doing an interview show on Fridays with various people, primarily to get a recap of different things that have happened during that week and also foreshadowing or speaking of the things coming up the next week. Don't know how I'm going to make that all work exactly yet. I'm still thinking about some details on if I need to make the show longer or whatever. But I'm doing this because I see this as a service to my community. I see it as a way that I can get our message out. There are a whole lot of other things I could be doing in my life right now that some might make me more money. Some might help me out with some other goal I have in life. But right now, this is the thing that I do. I do it fairly well. And quite frankly, If we can't grow our message, if we can't get people on board, if we can't get people educated on what's going on, it's all going to be for nothing. We have to keep working. We have to put in the effort and we have to be willing to sacrifice and pay the price. I'm paying mine. I'm asking you to find yours and step up to the plate and do the right thing and protect your family, your community, and quite frankly, Texas. With that... Remember your homework. Go watch They Live. And I'll see you on the other side.